Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Right on. I really am smiling already to see who's gathered here for our LOA book club call. Say hi first to Nancy. How are you, girlfriend? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeanette, and everybody on the call? Hope you're doing well. Nice to hear you today. And Guillaume is here, who just had a birthday on Sunday. Happy belated birthday on the official recorded record. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Good evening. And is that Larry, who's also dialed in? Yes, it is. Hey, how you doing? All right, if I lie just a little bit. <laughs> That's the kind of day I'm having. <laughs> um, you can laugh about it. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know, just getting on the phone with you guys, I automatically feel better. So I'm sure I'll be. But I was thinking today is could be a beer kind of a day. I was thinking that. I was like, I am not afraid to have a beer if I need to. Um, so, you know, I had a few thoughts I wanted to share on another book on letting go. I have no idea why I keep being drawn to letting go books. But I feel like if I keep this up, I will eventually have read every single book written on this subject. Um, wow. I, I picked up one from B.J. Gallagher. I'm not familiar with her work, but after I bought this book, I someone might have shared this at GBU, but it was an interview she did with Mark Allen. It was an older interview, and I really, really enjoyed the interview. I'm a huge fan of Mark Allen, though. Um, but apparently she's also written some stuff on Huffington Post. I don't know why her name seems so familiar to me, but um, I, this is the first I, I believe I've ever read from her, and I, I'm not recommending this book just because it was mostly a compilation of quotes, and they are good quotes, but I don't think I would need these in on my bookshelf. And she's got a couple stories, a couple stories, through a lot of quotes, I just um, it. I thought I was. I didn't know that's what I was getting. I didn't browse this book. I was shopping actually with Melanie and Cassie at the time, and I think I just got a little carried away with myself because I bought a bunch of books there, and I I think I was just on cloud nine because of my company, and we were also at a really cool bookstore, Robert. We were at um, Golden Braid downtown, which I hardly ever go to, but it was. This is where I picked up that book. So. Having said that, there there were some cool quotes here, but I bet a lot of you will have heard a lot of these already. And I don't have any idea why I bookmarked that page. Uh, well, there's a there was a story about. I, so I was just really unimpressed with. Uh, why is this page book? Oh, here's one from Florence Scubble Shin. Many people are using personal power instead of God power, which always brings unhappy reaction. Personal power means forcing personal will. Man controls conditions by a knowledge of spiritual law. You know what? I just was happy to see Florence in this book, I think. Uh, here's one that I bookmarked that 
says, um, I wouldn't try to operate my computer without plugging into a power source. Why would I try to run my life without tapping into a power source? This is on the chapter on, uh, oh, did I say the title of this book? If God is your co-pilot, switch seats. It was the title that got me. I was like, well, amazing title. It's going to be a book on letting go, surrendering. It's going to be great. There's this story, oh, about daisies. Uh, a woman, she has a suitor. He keeps showing up at her door with roses. She, Oh, no, with daisies. She says, where are my roses? She demands, I want roses. Her suitor turned and went away. The next week, he was back on her doorstep with another bunch of daisies. Upon seeing the flowers in his hand, the young woman said, where are my roses? I want roses. Again, the suitor turned and went away. following week, same thing happened. Showed up with daisies. She said, where are my roses? I want roses. And so again, he left. This went on for several more weeks until finally, one week, the suitor didn't come, and he never came to her door again. Uh, the person who was telling her the story says, uh, she explained to me that people love us in their own ways, but sometimes we don't recognize their love because it doesn't show up the way we think it should. Someone offers us daisies, but we keep insisting on roses. After a while, the person who loves us may stop showing up at all if we fail to recognize his love in the way he expresses it. I did like that story. But I, mm, here's a story. Uh, psychiatrist Scott Peck, author of The Road Less Traveled, gave a lecture years ago in which he said that the biblical phrase, this is interesting. Love to hear what you guys think of this. Okay, so this guy says, the biblical phrase, the kingdom of God is within you, was mistranslated. If you go back to the original Aramaic, is that how you pronounce it? In which the Bible was first written, was what that phrase really says is, the, God, the kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is in community. Where at, wherever two or more are gathered, God is there. So this was on her chapter on community. And I had never heard that mistrans I'm putting it in air quotes, mistranslation before because, you know, the traditional translation is the one that really supports we I, I run across it a lot in many create your own reality books. So I had never I had never heard that. Does this ring a bell for anyone else? Uh, no, it doesn't ring a bell, but it's 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 not surprising that something was misinterpreted because yeah. there's been a lot, yeah. you know. Or that but, someone could argue, yeah, that no, this could also mean something else. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. word sin, to, to sin meant to miss the mark. And we've taken it to mean something wow. much different. You I did know? not know that. Yeah. Learned something already. We're only eight minutes into this call. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's a here's a fun story on it, scheduled gratitude is what this is called. My friend Sam Beasley taught me how to get more of what I love in life. He calls it active appreciation. Here's how he explained it to me. Uh, do you like where you live? She says, I love where I live. Good, then here's what you do. Every morning and every evening for 10 minutes or so, walk through your home and notice the things that you really love. An old quilt your mother made, a vase you inherited from your aunt, a piece of furniture you treasure, a room you love to spend time on, whatever. Touch these things, run your fingers over them, and say out loud, I love this. I'd like more of this. This is an act of active appreciation in which you tell the universe that you are deeply grateful for these blessings. You show appreciation and you ask for more. The universe is a giant yes machine. It will always send you more of what you pay attention to. And then he summarized, if you don't like what you're getting in your life, change your prayer. I really liked that phrase, change your prayer. How you live your life is a form of prayer. What you pay attention to is a form of prayer. What you exp- 
express gratitude for is a form of prayer. If you want your life to be different, your prayer must be different. I, I, I mean, the practice is something we're familiar with, but I really liked the, uh, the little summary on that suggestion. And I like, I like the reminder that, that all of our life is a prayer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, in the very end of the book, she shares the glad game and quotes, Aliana? Nancy, no, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't, and I think that's who should be quoted because she's quoting. It's not Shelley Campbell, right? You know her name, Nancy. Shelley Campbell. Shelley Campbell. C H E L L I E Campbell. Yeah, from the Wealthy yeah. Spirit. When I yeah. when I heard the story, I was like, well, I know this person because I, I I know her through you. Mm-hmm. But she she quotes. She says in her wonderful book, The Wealthy Spirit. Campbell describes how when she was a girl, her mother taught her how to play the glad game. And she goes on to talk about the glad game, and this is straight from Pollyanna. And I was like, okay, well, wherever you learn it from, I guess. It's totally from Pollyanna. She just doesn't know. know. And if if I go – I have that book, so I could probably go back and figure out whether – I am almost positive, Chelly. Chelly is very good at acknowledging – giving credit and acknowledging credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, well, I, I bet you she did say it, but this woman just didn't pick up on it. Probably. I And you know what? I do the same thing. Melanie sometimes gets a little uncomfortable when I quote her, and it's something she, she learned from Martha Beck. But I learned it from Melanie. So I say I learned this from Melanie. And if I'm telling the long version of it, I might say who learned it from Martha. But uh, so I, I get that. Like sometimes you want to credit who brought it to your doorstep. But when I read it, I was like, oh, this is Pollyanna. How could she tell the story and not say Pollyanna? Yeah, but exactly. it was a fine book. It was There, there are fabulous quotes. We've, we've probably read them a bazillion times on Pinterest. A couple cute stories in there. I did not walk away from this feeling like I had a much better handle on letting go. But I am in an exceptionally bad mood today. So we should take everything <laughs> I say today with a grain of salt. So I just I do want to just get, say that The Wealthy Spirit is a fabulous book. I loved it. And I and I've kept it on my bookshelf because it's written in a page a day format. So you only read one page. That's it for the day. And then it um each page has kind of like a, you know, a theme or an idea around it. And then at the end, there's an affirmation that relates to that theme for that day. And um, it's one of those books that it's very, Chelly is hilarious as a writer. So it's very funny. There's mm-hmm. a lot of funny stuff in there. And there's also some really you raw stuff, stuff in there, too. That's what I'm in the mood for. I want a funny book on letting go. Not an irreverent book, not a spiritual book. I want a funny book on letting go. If anyone finds one, um, please pass it along to me. Hey, <laughs> can we talk about pronoia for a second? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, everyone raves about that book, and it creeped me out. Okay, I told you I was in a bad mood today, you guys. <laughs> it creeped you out? No, yeah, it was seriously so creepy. I, I made the comment on Facebook because I'm like, okay, that's like the third time in three days that book has come up, and I know I've been meaning to read it, so I, it, I think that message really was for me. And then everybody chimed in going, oh, my God, that was the best book. I well, I was, it was confirmed for me when Lisa, Lisa, who hardly ever has anything to say on Facebook at all, chimed in and said, best book ever, or whatever she said. Lisa and I have very different taste in books, so that confirmed for me that pronoia is not for me. 
And I will say this. I read it a long time ago before, I don't know how, I mean, I wasn't like completely closed-minded, but I'm telling you what, it was a little weird for me. I don't know if I would read it the same way or not. It's not on my shelf anymore. It was so strange. I, I gave it away. I didn't even keep it. Why did it creep you out? Because it seemed like magic or how was it, was how was it weird? <laughs> the guy was weird. It was weird. It seemed like the kind of book that if you were on drugs, you'd follow it fabulously. Like, <laughs> it just seemed like, a, it seemed like the guy probably had a lot of experience with drugs. And, and he wrote that way. And I don't have anything against drugs myself, but I got the impression if you if you were in an altered state of mind, you would experience this kind of like if you like Pink Floyd, The Wall. A lot of people really like that album, and um, I I not, not so much for me. <laughs> I think it's still I, sober. It just it's not the same, right? <laughs> it's not the same. I I I don't. Re, it's been a while, so and we all know I don't have the best memory, but I just remember like holding him at arm's length. He was not a person that I, I felt super comfortable. Like, like, like with Abraham, I know I'm in good hands. I don't really feel like I have to filter too much Abraham because it resonates with me so well. And, uh, boy, that book did not. And, this, and having said that, I absolutely, the reason I bought the book is because I love the concept of pro-noia. Love that. Mm-hmm. I wish someone would write a book for me on that because that'd be well, really Well, it surprised cool. me that he was the writer of that because I remember hearing about that concept or that idea originally from Jack Canfield, who had learned it from W. Clement Stone. He, oh. uh, Jack, Jack was working for W. Clement Stone, who, yeah. if anyone who doesn't know, he's a, like a he was a billionaire, yeah, and yeah. He, um, Jack was working for him, and they had opened up a new territory for the sales team in like the Amish country <laughs> something like that. and they were complaining to Clement Stone that it's ridiculous we can't sell anything to these Amish they, they won't buy anything they're friendly they're civil but they will not buy a thing and Clement Stone was like that's fantastic and they were like what are you talking about he says you sell one you're going to sell sell to all of them so keep at it you know and <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he said that W. Clement Stone truly lived his life as if the whole universe was conspiring for his good wow. and for his well-being. And, um, and, and see, to me, that sounds like, in a way, a little bit of a Pollyanna-ish, you know, mm-hmm. willingness to look at any situation from the best possible perspective, you know. My I house just went up in flames. Oh, I don't have to clean my house anymore. It <laughs> <You know? laughs> lived a long de- time as well. I lived to the hundred. I don't have to. I don't have to declutter. You know, my house. My yeah. house burned down. You know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I was okay. surprised that Bresney, because Bresney is he's he's an astrologer, so it surprised me that he was the one who wrote this book. Well, I, I, I'm glad he – in fact, there's probably someone on the line who can give that book the rave that it deserves rather than me making everyone think it's from the devil. <laughs> it's not. It's absolutely not. But it, it didn't stay on my shelf as a keeper. Does, can anyone here give it a thumbs up and share some good words about it? No one else has read it. Um, hey, I wanted – along those lines I, of – 
seeing everything oh. as for us. Oh, before you, before you run to the next thing, I was just going to say, I've had a number of books that I felt like you were saying, and then I reread them like 10 years later or mm-hmm. down the line mm-hmm. and had a completely different experience. So I would love to know if you ever had a chance to read it again. You know, I, I might look at it again next time I'm in the bookstore just to see if it hits me different because I was an exceptionally closed-minded person not that long ago, you know, like 20 years ago. I, I, it, it, that may very well be the case. Flavia in chat room says she couldn't read it. It was it was boring. Oh, I, 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 I have to admit I didn't even read the whole thing myself. I did a I read more than I probably should have. But um, but there was something you said about that, Nancy. Oh, I got mm-hmm. super inspired by someone at GVU who was telling me a story of something going wrong in in her loved one's life. And the way I heard the story, I heard the story wrong. But the, what I heard her say was universe has given you this miracle and i thought she was talking about like this thing that had gone wrong which from an outsider's perspective was easy to see for the blessing that it was like someone who wasn't intimately connected with it i i could easily see like oh yeah this that's fabulous news so so when she said universe has given you this miracle and she and she really wanted her family member to be able to see it that way and and the way I heard that, I thought, I want to be able to say that about everything that happens in my life, everything that happens. I want to be able to say it, see it as a miracle that's for me, which is the whole concept behind pronoia and what we're talking about here. And in fact, in the, in the, if, you're, if God is your co-pilot switch seats, one of the book quotes she has in there is from Massahide that goes, um, uh, Barnes burnt down, now I can see the moon. When you were talking about the house burning down, Nancy, I was thinking about how, you know, there is a way for us really truly to see things that way. And uh, and practicing that perspective just makes such a difference in how we experience life. I think that one is well worth being reminded of and getting better at. Yeah, and in chat, um, Guillaume mentions that W. Clement Stone lived till he was 100 years old. So... And and I know there's def- I can definitely see it. I saw it with my mom. I've seen it with other people. I'm seeing it with some of my contemporaries right now where the people who are the most positive and look for reasons to feel good, they are younger looking, healthier, you know, just active, doing well. And the ones who are more negative and fear-filled are the ones that are all having major health issues. And you know, probably won't live through the end of the year. So mm-hmm. it's just really fascinating to see it. And yeah, you know, my fo- my folks. I I had lunch with my mom and my dad today, and they were telling me how my my uncle, my dad's older brother, had just been placed in assisted living recently. He has Parkinson's, and starting to get some Alzheimer's apparently. So he went into assisted living, and within a couple of weeks, he's in hospice. And they don't actually, my dad looked at his watch and said, he went up to see him on Tuesday. He said, he may not even still be here right now. Like, mm-hmm. that's how quickly he was deteriorating. And and I was like, oh, really? That's so bad. I, I was like, well, there's a lesson. Don't put anyone in a home until you're ready to say goodbye to him. And and my mom said, actually, this is a good thing because Robert has been ready to go for a while. And I thought that was probably good for my dad to hear because I think this was kind of hard for him. But to But to be reminded by my mom, and even I know this about my uncle. He ha- he hasn't wanted to be here ever since his his wife died, mm-hmm. and um, and he has said if he knew if he knew how to go he would. Mm. So so the fact that he is having this really quick deterioration in hospice 
that, that that's a, one of those examples of how to get a perspective on something that um, that feels a lot better. Yeah. It might feel a little irreverent. I don't know if I would have said that to my dad, but my mom says things to him that I probably wouldn't say. But I think she was probably on target with that one. Did he respond well to it? Like, did he, could he hear it? Yeah, he 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 nodded his head barely, and I and I got the I got the impression that meant we're not going to talk about this anymore. And your mom is right. That's mm-hmm. that's how yeah. I took that little nod to be. <laughs> don't, you know, don't, some, dad doesn't want to get upset here at the table, but mom's probably yeah. right. And and some men really get frustrated when, geez, my wife is right again. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Here I was thinking, oh, he doesn't want to talk about his brother because that's going to make him emotional. But it could be. He doesn't want to admit his wife is right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was saying basically the same thing, too, in the sense that, you know, the outcome is still the same. Yeah. The outcome is still Yeah, same. very true. Hard to watch someone you love, you know, suffer. Um, Boy, especially especially with one of those. It it was. I was thinking just today of how Abraham talks about happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy dead. And I think they were quoting Esther. That Esther was saying that's how she wanted to do it. And I thought, you know, that that Jerry didn't do it exactly like that. It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder about how Esther will do it, and and just how much room we have to choose. We had a conversation on our coaches call this morning. At Good Vibe Coach Academy, we were talking about lists. Oh, that's right. Lisa was our topic for the the discussion was growing your list. I know Nancy, you would have been a really interesting person to hear from on this because I started off by saying we everyone in the industry will say how important it is to have a list and to start growing it right away because it's your lifeblood. It's where your money is. It's all you'll ever hear, and it's a limiting belief. And I and I added that there's so much energy behind this one my personal experience is that it's easier to get it's easier to find a way to enjoy it rather than to um try to succeed without one because i noticed for my own personal difference what happens on my blog versus what happens in my newsletter list it's night and day like the, when they say the money is in the list i get that but it is all a matter of you know what we choose to believe is what we're going to manifest I I will I will believe that forever and yet like choosing to go walk on water some things are easier said than done and I think this might be one of those for a lot of business owners Nancy I love that you're an exception to this it would have been really helpful I think for other coaches to have heard from you on this one because I know you have a very different approach to it but uh that that whole ability to decide your way out I think it like just even to hear my uncle say, I wish I knew how to go because I'm ready. And to hear, you know, Esther who is talking about, here's how I'm going to do it, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, dead. I, I, that sounds fabulous to me too. I'd like to pick that as well if we can. Maybe that's why I keep imagining my death so much. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because, you know, when I think about it, that's pretty much how my what my grandfather did. I um, He died before I was born. Um, but from everyone who knew him, he was just, you know, the kindest, nicest person and was a friend to everyone and got along well with everyone. And he, the thing was is that when he died, it was traumatic for everybody else around him. But he, mm, it was so happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, dead. Mm, <laughs> you know, mm. he, he went, he took a nap before dinner and he died in his sleep. That's so cool. 
And, and if you were Esther, she'd probably be pretty mad at Jerry for doing it that way, wouldn't she? Yeah, maybe she not. Would. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, or maybe he had resistance that, well, I want to say goodbye or I want to, yeah. you know, yeah, be yeah, more yeah. be more conscious about Give it. Give everyone um, a chance to get used to the idea, get some things in order. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I hope it, if it's as easy as picking, that's what I want to pick. But then I thought, you know, I, I I think Esther and Jerry would have said the same thing, and that's not exactly how not exactly how Jerry did it. Pretty close, though, I guess. You know, in the big scheme of things. Well, I know that they were always had such. Um, Abraham talks so much about the vibration of health and being healthy and. Um, so I think that's why it surprised Abe followers when Jerry was diagnosed with cancer and then decided to go, you know, decided to get medical help versus just, you know, all the stuff that Abe talks about. I think that's really what kind of surprised people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we're all seeing that experience through our own filter. Right, exactly. And our own experiences of life and what we've seen and haven't seen. But, you know, with your with your uncle, um, has he ever considered moving to Oregon where assisted um, suicide is? I, I wondered, Nancy. I was like, look, that's what I personally would do. I personally would like to go somewhere where it was, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't it, want to leave your family or maybe you could bring them along, but... I figure I would just manifest a really good source for like a morphine overdose or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not to be if, if that was really truly a desire. Maybe he was mm-hmm. saying it because he was feeling sad, but that wasn't his real Yeah, it could be. It, 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 I mean, I think we are wired with such a strong desire to live that it's hard to follow through on, on, any, on any other desires to the contrary. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we, I think evolution has wired us with it's it's hard to check out (laughs) maybe not maybe i like the thought better that um that it is as easy as saying yeah here's how i'm gonna do it happy healthy happy healthy happy healthy dead just prepare the people around you so that when it happens they can go oh jeanette got what she asked for (laughs) wonderful So they're not like freaked out and oh my god, how did this happen? And who can we blame? And you know, <laughs> yeah, it turned out my grandfather had um, a high blood pressure issue that nobody knew about, you know, oh. and that's that's technically why hey. he died. But you know, did um, have I mentioned on a call already? I know I've told this story a couple of times to people about one of Lisa. I think it was her grandmother. She was telling me about how. She apparently she had, she had cancer for like ten years. Didn't tell anyone in the family, and wasn't getting any treatment other than she did do weekly coffee enemas, and everyone in the family kind of made fun of her for that. But she um, one day she called the family. She said, "Everyone, come on over. Come say goodbye. I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm not coming back." And they were like, "Whatever, Grandma, being ridiculous." You did share this. You did. You yeah. shared. I think you shared it in a in a post, but I thought that was. Yeah, keep telling your story. Well, I lo- I love how I love how so sure enough she dies and the family's really surprised and they were like, "Oh my god, it must have been those crazy coffee enemas she was doing." And the doctors like, "You guys didn't know she had cancer. She's had cancer for 10 years." <laughs> 
love that story. Was crazy coffee enemas her euphemism for chemo? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, in that Truth About Cancer series, there were a lot of people who were absolutely raving about coffee enemas. I, I, absolutely raving. I, what? No, I didn't hear about Sark's fiance. So he's a he's a, a doctor. I think he's a, isn't he like a psychologist or something like that? Anyway, he um, she was saying you know when she was younger and didn't ha- didn't have a beloved in her life that she would dream and imagine of having um, somebody in her life that she truly loved and who you know she felt complete with and so forth. But every time she'd have that visualization, she'd start to worry, well, what what if I meet somebody like that and then they die? Well, she and this guy, they've only been together a couple years. They just finished writing a book for the New World Library. They had just turned in the manuscript for the new book that's going to be published, I think, in September, they said. Um, And the next day, he was diagnosed with... um, with stage four cancer. Hmm. Um, so he's still alive, though. Well, as far as I know, he's still alive. And, and um, New World Library was asking people to, you know, hold good thoughts for him and for Sark. And um, and Sark, by the way, stands for Sarah Ariel Rainbow Kennedy. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's just a, um, her the acronym for her name. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, people were sending good thoughts and imagining the best for him. And, I, you know, that's the good news, is even if we've created something like that in our life, we have the power to create something new, you know? We have to be willing to put down the story we've got, that there's a problem, and then be open to creating something new. Mm-hmm. In fact, be open, period, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that you're looking for letting go. Right. Do you know what it is you're trying to let no, go of? I think maybe universe is trying to tell me something because I'm not like, well, I can say I'm consciously seeking now since I said on the call, hey, if anyone sees a really good, funny letting go book, um, which in a way uh, the one by John Perkins kind of was, I would call that more irreverent than than humorous, but um, yeah, I know, maybe universe is trying to get a message through to me, and and I and I could easily see where I would be well served with uh, with that, and and you know me, I remember that story of my massage therapist who said, Jeanette, you need to get better at surrendering, and I was like, please, she doesn't know who she's talking to. I know all about allowing. She doesn't know me. And then she told me her story of how she let go when she got fired and didn't have any rent money, and she did not worry. She did not scramble. She did not analyze. She was just trusting something fabulous is happening, and sure enough, fabulous things did, and life got even better. And when she told me that story, I realized she was very well in her rights to tell me, you need to get better at letting go, girl, because I could never pull off what she did. I don't even know if I could today. To be at a, in a position where I didn't know, I didn't know how to keep a roof over my head, and to still be relaxed and chilled out and trusting in that kind of a circumstance, I think that's some pretty masterful skills that I don't know that I could lay claim to. 
had she had a lot of experience prior to that you know, in terms of question. letting go? I don't know. I don't know how she got to be so good at this, but she was ridiculously young, so it's not like, you know, she was I had all these decades of experience, but maybe she had, you know, a lot of experience in her early life of how to not be attached to stuff, or maybe she was just born cool. I don't know. I'm I'm um reminded of your story when you first started out how there was some comfort and some peace for you in knowing that if the coaching thing didn't work out, you could always go get another job. Yeah. And you and that's and what said, I would be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be looking said, for my job. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, you know, I right now I'm I'm gonna take the dogs for a walk and we're gonna have a fabulous time and and stay in a yep. positive place. But you know, if this doesn't work out I can always go get a job. And to me that is a masterful way of letting go without getting oh. stuck mm. stuck in the letting go story. With a, and a good way to release attachment to results right here, right now. Yeah. In fact, I have to remind myself that a lot sometimes. Like, okay, if not this, it'll it'll unfold some other way. So don't get your panties in a twist that it be this, because it can always be something else. And what matters really anyway that you're having a good time. So mm-hmm. it's not getting it done or hitting the benchmarks. It's have fun. If you're not having yeah. fun, you have missed the point. Yeah. So maybe you're better at letting go than you realize. I like that story. In fact, Nancy, it occurred to me that there were, in fact, I, wa- I really want a good book on receiving skills. Mm-hmm. And because, um, you know, I, I love that one from Amanda Owen mm-hmm. on the power of receiving, but I'd love another resource. And I started thinking, well, girl, you might have to write it. And uh, I have it actually on my whiteboard as a possible idea. I haven't committed to it yet by any means. But um, but maybe maybe I do need like a Jeanette style of letting go book too. Maybe I need to write my own funny take on how to do this. I don't know. Actually, I don't. I'm not that much of a writer. It's not like I want to. I have that much joy for writing big volumes. I love writing a blog post. That's my favorite. Writing a blog no. post. It takes me like two to three hours to write a blog post, and another mm-hmm. hour to figure out what graphic I'm going to use. I hear you. I so hear you. And I'm like, oh, I'm all, I'm all done. All I need is a picture now. And and I realize now, Jeanette, that does not mean you're going to be done in five minutes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then you got to format it. you got to make sure, it, you know, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm only choosing things that are horizontal so that it can be a picture at the top of the page and then it can also be the picture that goes with the, you know. Mm. Anyway, Um it seems to take longer. I, I need to start some affirmations on how easy world blog posts are for me. <laughs> but, you know, I used to write blog posts all the time, like every couple of days I used to write blog posts. And, it, and then it became a chore. And when it became a chore, I finally said, what am I doing this for? There's no, if it's a chore, there's no point to it. And mm-hmm. I started only writing when I felt like really inspired. And last week I had several people come forward to me with inspiration of things that they thought would make a good blog post. And the truth was none of them inspired me. None of them were inspiration. I think they were inspirations for the people that suggested them, but they weren't for me. And maybe down the road they will be for me, but this week they were not for me. So I, and in fact, I just got one yesterday that was an inspiration. So. There might be a new one showing up. But it, it's it's been so much more enjoyable for me to write when I am inspired to do so 
and then it's a lot more fun. That those four hours go by a lot faster because <laughs> I'm having fun. I hear you. I hear you on that. <laughs> Flavia was sharing some more in the chat about um, Sark and her fiance, but um, she can't dial in because she's got to get dressed to head out of head out of oh. the house. So. She's got a hot date. I'm going to think of it like that. Flavia's there got you a hot go. date. <laughs> Maybe Friday with her night. husband. Maybe with her husband. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what else is going on with you guys? Guillaume had was telling me pre call that he um he read Asking It Is Given and he read um Eat Choosing Easy World. Ooh, I am a huge fan of that book. Huge fan of oh, yeah. Julia. And, um, I was saying, and also, also, you know, I was saying to Nancy before you came on, um, I read when I read the book on Tuesday, I immediately uh, applied the technique of going to, when I go to bed, I say the words, um, I'm choosing to live in an easy world where life where life is easy. And um, the, the next the next day, which was the Wednesday just gone, um, two good things happened. Um, the first thing that happened was was um, with learning strategies. I was doing. I did a writing course with them called Write Well, Write Now, Write Fast, Write Now. Mm-hmm. And there's a private Facebook group. I asked a question about uh, five or six weeks ago. And uh, I, when I checked my emails on Wednesday morning, um, somebody gave me a website to to, to answer, which answered my question, mm. which was, <laughs> which was yeah. And um, on the same day. And because uh, my father bought me a fundable lottery ticket on on Sunday for my ber- for my birthday, but as a birthday present, and um, I won six six pounds six pounds on it. Woohoo! Yay for winning tickets! <laughs> yeah, that is easy. That's like, yeah, <laughs> that's like two things in what that was. Like two things happened the day after I read that book. Right. So so are you? Have you used it since then? Like, have you noticed? Other ways in which it was useful to engage? Um, not not really anything else yet. But I just every time I just go to when I go to bed before I go to, when I go to bed I just say the words. I just live in an easy world where everything is easy. You know what? I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I'm going to practice that on. I've, I've been thinking about whether to move my list off of one shopping cart to a new vendor and who I'm going to hire to help me do that with. I was interviewing a couple different VAs this week, and um, I'm going to practice easy world for all of that. (laughs) That'll be a relief. I can already feel how heavy I was making this. You know, letting go is kind of a a good way. I mean, easy Mm world is a good way to let go. Mm -hmm. Really good point. You know, it's not, the book was not so much a humorous, but what a it's just a a, t- a technique that your brain can get really quickly you know yeah. hands off mm-hmm. like go mhm you know i'm in an easy world and then you know i was telling Guillaume that for me if i'm really kinked up on a subject so much that i can't even think straight the very best thing i can do is to invoke easy world and go take a nap and it's just amazing to me how many times I wake up from that nap and I either have an insight that I didn't have before because, of course, I relaxed. 
right? Um, but I'll either have an insight or I'll, you know, get up from my nap and go check my email and the problem is solved. You know, the, the thing that I was in my all twisted up about is taken care of. And I just find uh, easy world and a nap together are like magic. All right. I was <laughs> wondering story. if you could share your, your napping skills, Nancy, because every time I think about how, you know, when you run into resistance, your, your uh, go-to response is napping. And I thought, I can't nap like that on a dime. Like, I, maybe I need to change my story and able to be able to leverage this super fabulous re- release resistance tool. But is there an art to napping that you could share with me? Because I would love to be able to, I mean, I really have a schedule that would allow me to do it, except that, like, if I tried to go lay down right now, I don't think I would sleep. Well, okay, so maybe I need to be really clear about what I mean by being so kinked up that I can't think straight. Because when that happens to me, it's like all my circuits in my body are firing all at the same time. Oh, okay. So <laughs> and you kind of have some so, exhaustion going. Yeah, I, exactly. Like, like gotcha. it's exhausting to even try to think how to solve oh. the problem. And <laughs> I'm so, and I'm so well, vibrationally in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, to, to, so maybe you just haven't gotten that bad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're just handling handling your your vibrations a lot better. <laughs> well, I, that might be that. I'm going to practice that the next time I'm I'm thinking like oh, I think I need a beer. <laughs> maybe that would. Maybe I was like, just try a nap instead. See how that works. Yeah, because, you know, beer never crosses my mind because to me a beer just doesn't taste good. So yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I even know. think of doing that. But when I get like that, it doesn't matter whether I nap for, you know, five minutes or an hour and a half. It doesn't matter. It's whatever my body needs at that point. And, and, and there's something about the invoking easy world. It's like a permission slip that says you can let it go. And you can fully relax, you know. And and if I've needed the help, and there have been times when I've been, you know, because all my everything, all my neurons are firing all at once, and I'm just, you know, exhausted. I might need like a guided meditation to help me really fully relax my body. Yeah. And once I do fully relax, then my body just wants to sleep because my body's tired. Yeah. Mm. You know. So um, I, I actually have the opposite problem, Jeanette, where I could, I don't, I rarely have five-minute naps or even 10-minute naps. If I lay down for a nap, it's usually at least an hour and a half or more. And, and yeah. does that mess with your sleep that night? Um, so much? It, doesn't, it doesn't mess with it unless I start, making a habit of doing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, I get that. You're right. All the time. Like if it's just a one-off in the middle of the week where that one day I just really needed a little bit of extra rest and whatever, then then it's fine. But um, but if if I find that I'm getting sleepy at the same time every day and I'm taking a nap, then that will start to mess with it. And it's really interesting too because I've I've been able to kind of work my circadian rhythm back, so it's um, so I'm getting up earlier and functioning better earlier in the morning, 
And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, uh, something will come along that will inspire me, and I'll get so pulled into what I'm inspired by, and I'll look up at the clock, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, crap. That's and in I had, the flow. <laughs> and I had no intention of staying up that late at all. It's just that I was so engrossed in something that had really inspired me. And, um, you know, I've heard conflicting things. Like I've heard some people say that, well, the most creative people are night owls. You know, I I was born and raised very much a early riser, you know, up at five in the morning kind of thing. What, meaning, it, are you saying it wasn't necessarily natural to you, but it's what you practiced because of your family? Um, I don't know. I thought it was natural to me until mm-hmm. I started, I slipped into this night owl thing and couldn't quite get out of it. And I, every time I would try to get out of it, I'd find myself right back into it again. Um, and I've read all kinds of things saying, oh, the smartest people stay up late, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, was that written by, <laughs> was that written by somebody who's a night owl or you know, is that factually true, you know? So, <laughs> but I was going to ask, because there was a quote in the book that you were reviewing today, and mm-hmm. I, it's actually gotten me thinking quite a bit. Um, and it was about, uh, whether we have a right to say what we want versus... Oh, with the daisies and the from, roses, maybe? Well, it was even before that. It mm-hmm. was There was a quote that you had um, read about um, letting letting God decide, not, you know, not... Oh, was op- it the operating my computer without plugging into a power source? Why would I try to run my life without tapping into a No, it was even before that. It was one of the very <laughs> first... It was one of the very... It was... Uh, it might have been Swan Scoville Shin's quote. Oh, okay. Let me find my way back. Because I, I think that was the first one you shared. It it could have very well been. Many pe- Oh, yeah. Many people are using personal power instead of God power, which always brings an brings unhappy reaction. Personal power means forcing personal will. Man controls conditions by a knowledge of spiritual law. I'm a huge fan of Florence, and I don't know that that's the quote I would have pulled to put in the book that I put together. Yeah, and I also am a big fan of, of hers. And I've heard her say similar things, and I've had to hear it with my own filter mm-hmm. that says, oh, what she's really saying is, you know, ego-driven desires versus, you know, desire that comes from your connection to source. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wondered what other people thought about that because, um, well, you know, I think is there a distinction or is there not? I, that's what I was just going to say. Anytime someone makes a distinction, and I do this all the time when I refer to universe and think of it as sep- something separate from me, but the truth is I believe it. we're all part of the same thing, you know, that there isn't the distinction that we imply when we use different labels. Um, so if I were getting technical about it, I don't think there is the difference. Like when someone says, you know, they ask, should I, should I, what, should I do what God wants for my life or should I do what, what I want for my life? These right. are the same thing if you ask me. God wants what you want. You and God are the same thing. I don't think it's possible for God to have a different wish for you than you have for yourself Although maybe the, the way a person could look at it is that as the difference between an authentic desire and, uh, you know, one that maybe isn't. Right. I think that's what I was trying to say. Like, like somebody who might think, well, I want to become a lawyer because 
you know, since the time I was two, my parents have been telling me I should grow up and become a lawyer. And so, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to become a lawyer. But it isn't until they're in their mid-30s or their 40s that they go, wait a minute, I, there isn't anything about being a lawyer that I like. I, it's, it never was my dream. It was my parents' dream that I took on or uh, something that we see in culture. You know, like a lot of boys, mm-hmm. I watched this with my son. My son, there was nothing about his physical attributes that would tell you that he was headed to be a, you know, major league um, basketball player. <laughs> but, but he was convinced that he had to get out there and perform just like Michael Jordan without mm-hmm. any practice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he was surrounded by the culture of other boys talking oh, about right. this is the ultimate, this is what you should be reaching mm. for, this is what your goal should be. And he was taking it on because all the other boys were taking it on, so mm. he took it on too. And, um, you know, I did that now, as a coach too, Nancy. Like, okay, well, this is what, like, it, you, one-on-one coach sessions. Like, I never even considered how to design my practice because everyone knows this is how you do it. One-on-one coach sessions, eventually you do group work, and then maybe eventually something else, but, you know, retreats and such. But you start with one-on-one practice. That's how you build your business. I never asked myself what I wanted because if I had, I probably would have started with something like GVU rather than do that later down the road. Didn't you kind of start, as I recall, you started with a Yahoo group, didn't you? Yeah, didn't when you I created a Yahoo I did eventually do groups, and I remember coaches talking about, with some disdain, that a coach who would attempt to lead a group who hadn't already been in business, who hadn't like paid her dues of doing one-on-one work for at least a, a couple of years, I, and this was at an ICF conference where you know coaches gather, and I was in conversation with coaches who were being dismissive or disdainful of coaches that they felt were too bigger than their bigger than their britches by do it like they were jumping the gun and doing things they shouldn't be doing until they had you know done the just solid one on one grunt work. That's kind of how they talked about it. What I realize now is that's not. It gets to be whatever we want it to be, but I never stopped to ask myself, what do I want it to be? I thought, well, this is what it is. It means to be a coach, so this is what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think also different people teach in different ways and different people learn in different ways. You know, like in the past, the past month alone, I've had people come up to me and say, well, I really learn better by reading. Like if I can read your blog mm-hmm. post, I'm better off than if I have to watch a video. I've had somebody else say, oh, I can only learn through audio. You know, I have to, I have to hear somebody say it, and then I get it. And I know for myself that a combination of video and audio, that's how I learn the fastest. And when I want to chill out and relax, I'll pick up something that I can read. But that's when I'm like winding down at the end of the day. So, so you're, people have a, yeah. You're 100% right about that. Just someone today was telling me that she's tried reading Abraham, but that doesn't work for her nearly as well as listening to Abraham. So she relies mm-hmm. on YouTube clips because that takes such better hold for her than reading, you know, quotes or or books from them. Right. And as much as I love videos, I have to read Bashar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So see, you know. And so you just may be one of those people who's really gifted because I believe, weren't you, when you had the Yahoo group, weren't you teaching um, classes at that time too? Yes, but I didn't do groups until I had done one-on-one coaching for a while. So um, I don't remember when I did my first group. And, you know, they were the same way about writing a book. You know, you shouldn't write a book, attempt to, until you've got, you know, a certain number of years of experience. And and I, I, I felt a little schooled from those ladies. In fact, oh, another rule that I didn't know about, another rule, you don't coach. You wouldn't even dream of coaching another coach until you had done, like, a bunch of hours with non-coaches. I didn't know that. <laughs> Well, especially since coach training is pretty much coaching the other coaches. I know, that, right? I mean, that's how they train you is to coach in most programs. Coaches. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's yeah. so silly. The rule, just like the rule about lists, but you know, some of the, you could tell which rules are have really taken hold in me because I'm like, it's just easier to honor it than to bucket. <laughs> lists is one of those. Uh, doing group work and one-on-one coaching, well, I, I would do that very differently. Knowing and now you've what had, you have a very, very, very responsive list. Uh, you know, it yeah. depends on what people have in terms of their lists. And, and if you have a list like yours, I could see why you'd say, yeah, get a list. Because, heck, yeah. something that responsive is worth, you know, tapping into and I think mm-hmm. that list was created when you started you started that Yahoo group and those people the first people on your list were people from that Yahoo group weren't they Boy, I sure can't remember when I when I did my I can't remember when I did my Yahoo group that I wonder if I even could find out I don't know if I still have those emails there were a number of people who when I first joined GVU said oh yeah I've been following Jeanette since her I know artists. Yeah, so I did a self love one and a money mojo one that were pretty popular in the back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, great tip, I think, for for coaches starting out is now I know people are using Facebook, but not everybody's on Facebook. So the good thing about Yahoo is you can set it up so the emails go straight to people's email boxes. And then they can kind of participate without having to actually go to Yahoo. Yeah, that's, this is true. You know what What cracks me up is I kind of feel – I met someone the other day who didn't use Facebook on principle. Like it was a very conscious decision. It was not, not that she never got around to it. It was not that it – was, it was, and she didn't go into detail why, but she does not use Facebook. And, and I was – the way she was explaining it, she, it was almost like – the way I have to explain to people, I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not because I don't know how to get one. It's not because I haven't had one before. It's not because I can't afford one. It's because I choose not to have one. And a lot of people like, that just boggles their mind. What do you mean you don't use Facebook? What do you mean you don't have a cell phone? That's insane. Everyone does. But uh, it, I, the, the inner rebel in me appreciates when someone doesn't do what they were supposed to. <laughs> or doesn't follow in line with everybody. I have a... Yeah. I have I had no choice but to go to a smartphone because, um, of course, you're not, you don't live by yourself, Jeanette, but I live by myself. So having a cell phone with me if I'm out, you know, mm-hmm. by myself, it's just, it's kind of just a security. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I, I feel safe knowing that I can always call AAA or, and I have, mm-hmm. I have yeah. situations when I've been in remote places in my car. Um, 
my car battery died or something like that. So, uh, but my phone was so old. <laughs> the phone that I had was so old that the it literally had to be constantly connected to a charger. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't hold a charge. Oh. <laughs> and I, you know, and then the charger itself started to fray. Oh, that's a <laughs> and sign. I thought, yeah. Okay, you got your money this is the universe telling me that, and and you know you couldn't buy that charger anymore. I guess they didn't even offer it anymore because they weren't offering the phone anymore. So I found a place where I could get, you know, that actually launched me into finding a better service that was a better price. And yeah, technically I have a smartphone, but only like three people know how to text me on it, and I don't tell the rest of the world that it's even possible. And um. <laughs> And I don't use it for anything other than phone calls Oh, and and texting my son because my son, you know, I talk to him maybe once every three weeks because he's got a busy life. So I want him to be able to reach me when he wants to reach me. Yeah, I I drove by a, a minivan pulled off to the side of the freeway filled with kids and I thought, it's one thing when you see someone, like, you know, some guy pulled over and he's got his hood up on the car. It's another one. It's a mom with a bunch of kids. I was like, I would have a phone. If that were me, I would definitely travel with the phone because this would not mm-hmm. be a time I would want to have to, yeah. I hope We're, somebody called um, 911 for her because in my area here in the Bay Area, they have regular um, uh, police and um, – and, uh, um, ambulances that patrol the Mm, freeways just looking for people that need help yeah specifically so that they can be right there and if if they if you need a you know a jump they'll call somebody to give your car a jump or if you need to be towed they'll help you with that you know they'll they're just they're really more in a preventative mode Mm. than Mm. than anything um i don't know if they have that in other states but i know that they have that here and it's really a godsend, but if I saw that mm-hmm. happening, you know, if I drove by and saw a mom with kids in a car that looked like it had just died or something, um, I'd probably call 911 and say, you know, alert the the people so that they could go check on them and make sure everything's okay. Make sure it isn't the mother just pulling off to the side saying, get back in your seat. <laughs> Don't make me yeah, pull Making over. good on her threat. <laughs> right. Don't make me pull over. I will. You know, do da 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 Yeah. Uh, but anyone else reading a good book that they're enjoying? Yeah, let's hear about a fabulous something before we end our call because I didn't I hate to have a whole call where we didn't learn something wonderful to go check out. Well, Guillaume, you were saying you enjoyed Asking It Is Given, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to say more about it? Yeah, some a couple of things I really did learn from it. Um, in the book, um, it said that um, when you when you ask for something, you only need to ask once, and that's it. And that's sort of the big thing I learned mm-hmm. from it because of, and then it's, uh, it's basically now with Jeanette's teaching, uh, teaching where you say you ask for something and you go and do something that makes you feel good. Mm. And that's a good reminder, isn't it? Because so many people think when it hasn't shown up that they got to tell the universe again. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what I've learned from it. And then and at the beginning of the book, actually, I remember reading it in the forward. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was the forward, yeah. They were saying about the book itself, because I first listened to the audio on YouTube, then I bought the book. And um, now I know why I bought the book, what it was saying before that, um, if you can, carry the book with you at all times to feel the vibration of the, of the, of the energy of Abraham. I remember, I remember uh, Wayne Dyer saying that. Like, if you're not ready, he said that in the foreword. Like, if you're not ready oh, for yeah. this book, just carry it with you, and you know, and then within a few weeks, you'll be. That gave ready. me goosebumps. That's cool. Maybe Rob's book would work for me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but Flavia said it was boring, so I thought that was interesting. And you, Flavia you you... only says good things, so if Flavia called it boring, <laughs> I was, I'm probably not too far off the mark. <laughs> and you and you said you couldn't follow it, so that makes it sound like it wasn't, you know, it was kind of disjointed in its writing. It was kind of, it seemed kind of random. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do you guys have bookstores in your area that, you know, they're like your spiritual bookstores that have well, all the... Yes. No, well, yeah. my area, it's a it's a it's like a 40-minute drive. But, yeah, that's where I was buying all those books without properly reviewing oh. them. <laughs> oh, okay. So I have a bookstore in our area. It's called the East-West Bookstore, and it's in Mountain View. Um, but it's really the Bay Area's biggest you know, down in Silicon Valley area. It's the biggest spiritual bookstore, and they have every religion you can possibly consider. But they had they had a little um, back room where they would invite the authors to come speak, and you could, you know, buy a book and come and listen to the speaker speak and then get the book autographed or something like that. <clears throat> and it was a way to sell books and also get visibility for the, for the author. Well, they used to have some really big events. Like recently, they had um, Ricky Byers Beckworth and Michael Beckworth come. Um, oh. And Ricky Byers Beckworth does singing, you know. And they needed a bigger place, so they actually came to my Unity in Palo Alto because. How it, cool! Because it's a beautiful. First of all, it's an absolutely beautiful place, and um, it was big enough to hold a crowd. Um, like that. Um, but I was just on their Facebook page, and I guess this last Wednesday, they premiered a new movie from the director of The Secret. His name is Drew Harriet, and it's called, uh, they call it an unparalleled and life changing film about the astonishing power and intelligence of your heart. Hmm. Um, and it features um, Paulo Coelho, Maya Angelou, Deepak mm. Chopra, Isabel Allende, uh, and Eckhart Tolle, um, mm. in discussing the evidence that the heart is much more than a physical organ. And of course, this doesn't surprise me because it, you know, mm-hmm. follows along with the other mm-hmm. stuff. But I wondered if anybody else had heard about the movie, The Power no. of the Heart. No, but yeah. speaking of fun ways to learn, I mean audio versus video versus um reading i would mm-hmm. love a good movie so that's really cool if we got one of those to look forward to coming up soon you know i finally found myself um buying uh, the positive movies to just have on hand so that when i cuz sometimes i do crave just sitting and relaxing and watching a video but i don't want to be watching something that's 
mm-hmm. not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Abe has a whole bunch of those um, Law of Attraction in Action series um, DVDs where basically mm-hmm. it's people in the hot seat, but you're seeing Abraham interact with them and answer their questions, and those are really good. And they're all around, I don't know, they're around $30 a piece, something like that. Yes. Every once in a while I hear an Abe something and she's saying something that you could tell she's she's gesturing and that's helping everyone understand and I'm not following really well. So I imagine what kind of gestures she's making in order to uh, get the idea that she's trying to pass along. And sometimes I can tell and sometimes I can't. So I could see the value of having the visual to go along with the audio. Yeah, and also too because you can see – you you know, hearing people is one thing, but when you mm-hmm. see their face and their facial expressions, you can almost sense the energy that they're carrying. And even though they might not be saying it with their words, you see it in their mm-hmm. face, and Abe will pick right up on it. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, if you're listening, you might be like, how did Abe know? Like, whoa. <laughs> but And the people go, that's right, that's exactly it. Like, there was this one guy, I mean, he looked like a gang member. Mm-hmm. And... He got up there and he had a really thick New York, um, New York City accent, and he was talking about his dog dying. And he was you could, if you listened to him, you couldn't have tell, you wouldn't know that he was crying. But oh, wow. by watching him on the screen, he had tears just streaming down his face as he's talking, and he's trying to be macho and he's trying not to <laughs> have his voice crack or sound. But he's like. You know, I've been, I've only just started listening to your materials, and it's re- you know really getting to me. I'm really loving it. But I had this thing happen to me where basically my dog got out of the gate, and it had happened a number of times, and I kept meaning to fix the gate, and I just never got around to it. And then the last time he he got out, and you know because I didn't fix the gate, he got out, and you know. And the dog died. Dog was killed. And he was, so you could see this guy was just gutted mm-hmm. from the whole, mm-hmm. you know, the pain of it. And Abe, Abe very lovingly listened to what he said, nodded, you know, Abe, Esther nodded mm-hmm. her head. And then Abe said, you wish that you had created a better prison for your dog so that your dog couldn't have gotten out of the prison. And as soon as she said that, he, Abraham said it. Um, the guy burst out laughing, and you could see, you could see like the immediate shift of energy. Like, wow. oh, I never thought of it that way. You know? Wow. Yeah. So there's things like there's stuff like that that I think. Um, you know, I used to get the Abraham uh, subscription where I got the like it was like weekly or something i was was kidding Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was weekly um might only have been every other week or once a month or something but um i got to the point where i stopped listening to them because it felt like the same people over and over again asking the same question and and abraham being frustrated with them not listening Mm. but i find the videos I don't feel that way. Oh, interesting. And it, maybe it's because I'm I'm getting more than just the audio information. I'm also getting like their energy and you know how they how they come in front of Abe and how they talk. You know. 
Well, there's no doubt there's a lot of information to be gleaned when we've got the visual along with the the audio. But, um, in fact, I was just talking with a coach yesterday about how she she exclusively does in-person sessions. And I told her, I find those distracting because I, I'm, I was trained on the phone, so I do my, be- my best coaching on the phone. And she thought that was the most hilarious thing she ever heard. She said, I would feel like I was trying to coach with my hands tied behind my back if I was just doing it by phone only. She said, even Skype isn't my favorite way. She wants to be in person. And um, and I, I was just laughing at how different we are. And I know it's just because that's, you know, it's how I was trained. If if I'd been trained some other way, I'd have a different preference. But um, that 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 is worth considering. In fact, I have never in my life listened to an audiobook. Can you believe that? Hmm. I wonder Neither if I would I. love it or if I would. I mean, I don't drive enough in the car really to, but I guess even at home. I don't know. You know, it really depends on who reads it. Because, like, um, my local library, and this is just a tip for people definitely here in the U.S., maybe it's true elsewhere as well. Check your local library and find out if they offer, um, you know, instant downloads through the library. Because my library, I can get audiobooks. And, in fact, that's the, how I first interacted with um, Asking It Is Given, because they had part one as an, an audiobook you can get through the library and the way the library does it is they let you burn one CD, one version of it on a CD so that you can you don't have to be stuck in front of your computer or mm-hmm. so you can listen to it in your living room or in your car, mm-hmm. right? Cool. And um so like asking it is given, I Jerry reads it and he does read it kind of fast. I ended up going and buying the book after listening to it a couple times. I ended up actually buying the book, um, and, and I love having the physical book. I since read a re- some reviews on Amazon from people saying that it's absolutely unlistenable with Jerry reading it because he reads it too fast. Because oh, wow. you, you can't read an audio book at the same speed that you would read it if you were holding the book in your hand and reading. Because we physically read faster than people can really hear when they're listening. Hmm. Now that said, I have an audiobook from my library of Joel Olstein reading his own book, and it's fabulous. Really? Feel, what book is it? Um, Your Best Life Now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I feel like he's in my head having a conversation with me because <laughs> he's reading it slowly and he's got that you know twang <laughs> yeah he's, <laughs> he's, got he's easy to listen to isn't he mm-hmm. and he's, he's just nice got that thing. kind of homey you know yeah. let's, just have a a, bit. let's just have this conversation right here you know let's yeah. talk about this and it and and he's reading his book but he's reading it like he's sitting there having a private conversation with you and sharing stories with you and and I love it, right? So, and then there's other books that um, they're not that great uh, being as an audio book. I recently got um, Choose Yourself by James Altucher. I got that. In- oh, yeah. What did you think? Oh, well, you, you already told us. Yeah, I, I did. I did kind of say, you know, it was good. What I liked about that audiobook was there were a couple times that in the middle of reading, he, he, he interrupted himself and said, okay, I just want to tell you this. It isn't in the book. 
but I really feel like I have to tell you this. That's and cool. so, and so there was a lot of that kind of like, you know, little tidbits and little extras. Yeah. And, and a feeling of he's not just reading a mm-hmm. book from Rome, you know, he's, he's reading it and something's triggered in him enough for him to say, Oh, I got to share this story. And, um, and I, so I kind of liked that the book itself was, I mean, it's pretty much in the title. He, he says, you know, if you're going to take a bet in life on somebody, take a bet on yourself. Mm. You know, believe in yourself enough. And then he goes on about, you know, how he went about, he has his own process for how he got his foot in the door, how he managed to buy, uh, you know, start to startups that sold for millions of dollars, and then how he blew through the money and lost it all, and you know, went bankrupt and had to start over again. And 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 each time, for him, he every day he he tasks himself to make a list of ten ideas for somebody else. Like he might be on a webinar with you, Jeanette, hear you talk about your business and get off of that webinar and make a list of 10 ways that you could grow your business. And then he'd send that list to you. And he did that and he sent these lists to like big name people, not just, you know, anybody, but to top people in their field. And a few of them were intrigued enough to want to talk to him further and then from those few that were interested, there were one or two that said, you know what, I'll, I'll back you. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting, you know, expanding my business in this direction. I just don't have the bandwidth to do it right now. You know, I'd like to hire you to start that division of my business and run it for me. So That is um, very cool. Yeah, so that's his. And he said, you know what, when you get into a habit of making lists of business ideas, you start to get, he said, it's like a faucet. The longer the faucet's on, the more the flow is coming. That makes sense to me. And the first few times, it can seem like it's really hard, but the more you do it, the more you, um, and you know, his background, he, he, he was doing some financial writing and, you know, he's, he's got a really diverse, interesting background. And, um, yeah, so so what I really took away from his audio book was not so much the choose yourself alone, but how much I loved that he would interrupt himself and share tidbits that weren't in the actual book that would make you want to, um, you know, have that audio book. The other thing that he did is that if you bought the book, there was a code in the book that if you bought the book, he would give you the audio book for free. Oh, my gosh. That's a cool deal. And I thought that was really cool. And um, I've seen a couple different people who have that kind of a business model where there's, there's a number of people that have a business model where, okay, if you want to read the book, I'll put it online for free. You know, anybody who wants to read it can read it online for free. But if you want it in paper or you want it in audio, you're, you know, you have to pay. For, so, so they're saying, I'm putting my work out there, and if you can't afford it, there's, there's a way for you to read it or get a hold of the material. But if, you're, um, if, if you really want to spend the money, then this is how you, you, know, how you can do it. Hey, Nancy, do you know David Hawkins' um, 
letting Power go. The, oh, yeah, I've read I've read that one of his, and I think I even started to read. What's the one with the eye? The eye of the eye or something? Doesn't he have another? Uh, but Christian Mickelson sent out a newsletter the other day that said the book that changed his life was uh, Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by David Hawkins. I didn't even know about that book. Um, I wonder if I can find David Hawkins. With I, I, I just remember I, I, I kind of liked Power Versus Force. I bet I still have it on my shelf. And then I tried something else from him that I wasn't as impressed with, so I haven't checked him out again. So does, is anyone here familiar with that one, his Letting Go book? No, I just see no. it's Letting Go, the pathway to something. The pathway of, of surrender. Of surrender. Huh. You know, um, I, I do read a lot of uh, Course in Miracles um quotes. And the theme of a lot of them is, you know, you have a choice between peace and conflict. You know, you can't be in peace if you're in conflict. And if you're in peace, there's no conflict. But you have to make the choice of where you're going to be. And the theme of, of ACMs, there seems to be a lot of letting go, but it's not, you know, the writing is not humorous at all. <laughs> It's humorous that I could say that it's not humorous. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but um, but no, you know, that's that's another interesting point because you've you've made this point about me as well that I've said things that have been powerful or good for me and it got you excited, but then you tried them and you didn't have the same experience. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, so just because Christian read a book that. I know. Doesn't mean it's going to have the same. True. You know, what would be really good is if you, uh, have you ever heard of an artist date, Jeanette? No. Artist date. So in the book, um, The Artist Way, Julia Cameron asks um, people who are going through the book, and the book is written so that you read a chapter a week and then you do exercises throughout the week before you read the next chapter. And in The Artist Way, she asks the readers to commit to two things. One is to journaling first thing in the morning when they get out of bed, like stream of consciousness journaling, three pages minimum every day and call them morning pages. And the second thing is artist dates where you take yourself out by yourself and you go out just by yourself to do something you really want to do, something that really, that's always interested you or always, you know, whether it's going to a bookstore or going to an art supply store. Um, but I could see you taking yourself on an artist date to a, to a bookstore and just allowing yourself to wander around with no requirement that you buy a book and no requirement that you don't write a book, but just go there and just see if there's a book that calls to you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> see if there's one, not something that was recommended by anybody else, but just a book that as you're walking by, you just feel like, you know, this is, this is one thing. I love that, allowing serendipity really to play in, in a way that it doesn't happen when you're structured with your visit. Right. If you have a friend there, you might, be talking mm -hmm. so you might not mm -hmm. hear that inner voice that says look at me or check this one out mm -hmm. but if you go by yourself you're more likely to 
feel or sense, gosh, you know, I've walked by that book three times and each time I felt a tug. What, why mm-hmm. does that book tug at me? And then you pick the book up and you hold it and you feel it in your hands and you can sense, yeah, I want to read this or, uh, no, there, it was pointing me, maybe it was pointing me to the author. Maybe there's another book oh, by that same author. Point. Right. You know, and, um, but, but there's, there's, I mean, I've had that happen. I do that a lot in the library. I've, shared before I had bought way too many books I ran out of room for all my books so I got to the point where I learned to go to the library and take books out of the library first and if I really like a book that I've taken out of the library then I go buy it from my bookshelf but for the most part I'll I'll try to get it through the library first so that I have a chance like like Pornoia is at my local library so I'm probably going to go get it and then if it's boring it's no big deal I'll just return it early you know, um, I think but, especially on that book, that's a good tip. And yeah, I mean, I've I've learned how to feel good about the books that I oh, I've gotten good at letting go of books that I read, but I'm not keeping because I thought I've got someone else's dream come true answer in my hands, so put it out there in the world. But uh, I I I mean, I only have so much space here, and I refuse to do Kindle books. So mm-hmm. I have to be pretty selective about what I keep, too. I try to read Kindle books, but there's something about reading on my computer. I just, and I don't have a Kindle, so I have to read on my computer. And I, I don't mm-hmm. know, it just, it's not the same. Even and, on a uh, Kindle, because Russ has one, and I, I have the, it's, it's, it, it is a very different experience for me in in a book than having a hard copy to hold. And Russ makes well, fun of me every time I got a big, fat book that, I'm getting tired, and it's really kind of heavy, and it's kind of awkward. But I, I, I don't see me changing. Well, and it's interesting because there's a component to it where if you're reading something that's backlit, it's sending a message to the brain that's oh, yeah. different, much different than if you're holding. See, I tend to read handheld books when I'm in bed and I'm winding down at the end of the day, and that's a, certain, a different kind of energy than when you're sitting in front of a backlit screen, mm-hmm. you know. So, yep. um, but anyway, what I was going to say about the, um, I've been in libraries where I've been looking for another book and some other book has just randomly fallen off the shelf mm-hmm. near me and it ended up being a book mm-hmm. that I picked up and read and really enjoyed. So, um, yeah, I my um the book journey of souls that i have the reason i have it is my friend was she was at a bookstore looking for another book and that book fell off the shelf right next to her and she leaned over to pick it up and when she picked it up she realized oh i need to send this to nancy <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway i would just it, i don't know how often you get out of the house by yourself to just do something that's my favorite, one of my favorite things to do. I love going to the nursery, the plant nursery, and I love going to the bookstore. Those are special treats. <laughs> yeah. So that might be a way for you to find out. Maybe there's a book not, none of us are even aware of that's exactly got the message about letting go that you're looking for. Well, and that's where, you know, Nancy, where you asked, you know, do you have a kind of bookstore that isn't, you know, just your Barnes & Noble? Because that's where I go. And every Barnes & Noble, it seems like, has all the same books. And if you want something different than that, you better go somewhere besides the Barnes & Noble because they're all carrying the same thing. So um, 
I, I probably do want to make a trip to a different bookstore than the chain one that I'm always seeing the same stuff. At. But having said that, I still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven books still to read from my last bookstore visit. Oh my gosh! I know that's one reason why I am I have to restrict my visits because my book pile gets really high if I if I let myself go every time I want to go I'm like Jeanette you read your books first like I sound like a parent eat your vegetables before we have dessert yeah 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 <laughs> or maybe it's just time to let go of letting go <laughs> <laughs> might be you might be right about that I still kind of am interested in checking out David's book I might do that but if anyone does it before me I'd love to hear your thoughts again your your mileage might vary so yeah, you know, even if somebody yeah. else does read it, your mileage yeah. might vary. So. I've got a um, paraliminal called Letting Go. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, with Held Rothkin and Paul Sheely. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds intriguing. So yeah. it's like a guided guided meditation. Yeah, sort of. It's a, par- it's a paraliminal because paraliminal is a, it's a form of NLP. Mm-hmm. With multiple yeah. people talking at the same time, right? Yeah, in, yeah. Well, you only get two people. Yeah, sometimes two, sometimes you get the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first paraliminal I ever experienced was through um, Jack Canfield, and I think oh. it was. I think it was. Living two, I think it was two tracks. He, he was speaking in all of them, but there was a uh, left ear track and a right ear track, and then there was a middle. And sometimes you'd hear left ear, then right ear, then you'd hear both left yeah. and right ear saying different things at the same time, and then you'd hear a, yeah. a, a soft one, one voice can, coming in. Yeah. The one I got one of Jack Canfield's paraliminals. Him and Paul Shee did Living Your Law of Attraction. Uh-huh. Is that the one? No. I got. Hmm. No, this was from the early '90s when I first started my business. Started my business uh-huh. in 1994, and I think in 1995 I went to a talk where um, <clears throat> I didn't understand what it was when I signed up for it. But basically, it was N- Nightingale Conant, which is the publication. Yeah. I don't know that one. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. They hire speakers to go around the country and basically get up in front of audiences and tell stories from the books that Nightingale Conant sells. And what it's it's kind of uplifting, but what happens is they're they're telling you about the books that they have essentially, and then oh by the way they're for sale in the back of the room if you want to buy them. I did walk out with like about ten books <laughs> and audio tapes and you know all, all different kinds of stuff. Um, but that was basically a you know it was a promotional thing and. Um, Interesting way to go about it. And Jeanette, you have you have two new ebooks, free ebooks that are out, and you have a third one on the a way. Third one coming. Well, yeah, two of these are co-authored, so only one of them is just mine, the three LA keys. But yeah, the next one coming is Ten Life Skills, which was inspired by Robert's comment when Robert said, "I I want it." After I published the blog post, Robert said, "I I want this to hang on my wall, and I want a book." And then Robert, when you said and someone should go speak to deliver it, I thought, that's Robert's cue. Because <laughs> I know you have love for speaking. Um, I do not have love for speaking, but I did for writing and for coordinating a group project. So I approached the GVCA coaches and said, 
who wants to write a book with me and let's all take a chapter and we can have this done in no time. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. A great idea. So that's being edited right now. Actually, I hope to make some good progress on that cover this weekend too. Thank you, Nancy, for that suggestion that I was toying with my own self. So And I meant I, I know I've said this to you before, but I really just do want to say it again. I have been blown away by your natural design skills in your you know, like some of the pins that you've made mm. where you've found these amazing photos and you've done just an a stellar job of combining the the fonts with the the imagery. I think you have a lot of um, kind of innate design talent. Thank you. All right. Well, if this coaching thing ever doesn't work out for me, I could maybe make a living on Fiverr doing graphics. <laughs> or maybe not. Or maybe not. Maybe not make a living. Spend some well, time no, maybe. maybe you'll make a living, but not on Fiverr. Yeah. <laughs> make a living as a designer, but not on Fiverr. <laughs> But yeah, you really you really do have a natural skill at that and and I think, you know, and I and from what I gather you enjoy it too. Hey, Nancy, I think or anyone who is reading the the money book from the coaches, I think there's a version uploaded right now that does not have green dots on it. I just Ooh, got woo. notification, yeah, about an hour ago about or so that uh there's a that it says your book was just published on Kindle. Okay, that means Susan uploaded a new copy, and I had asked her if she could fix the green dot thing, and um, and a couple of other people had notified me of typos and stuff. So, anyway, I hope there's a more legible version up there now. I I didn't know if she was going to be able to do that or not because she didn't have. I don't think she had the source file, but I could have been wrong. I don't understand a lot of that stuff myself, but it, it could be solved. Awesome. Yeah, I I didn't realize it, but I stumbled across there was uh, there's some on the web there are some free ebook templates that are out there that you can just snag really? on. Really? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I could see you grabbing a free one and just tweaking it to make it like you like it. I could see me doing that too, rather than trying to get someone else to make it look for me how I want it to look. <laughs> Everyone would be so happy if I would do my own. (laughs) Well, see, and that's why I said art directing, too, because really what an art director does, an art director has a vision for how things are supposed to look, and then they give guidance to the designer of what steps need to be taken. And then if the designer is really good, the designer will understand what the art director is asking for and will make additional suggestions to go along that harmonize with what the art director asked for. But if the, if the designer is you know, re- relatively new, they may just do exactly to the letter what they're told to do by their art director. So yeah. I thought you could easily art direct, and because you have a clear vision of what you like, and I've seen your eBooks; they're always so beautiful and so beautifully laid out. There are, if you put things in Word, if you use Word as a template, mm-hmm. Word naturally um, causes the text to go from one page to the next page to the next. Mm-hmm. If you put it in PowerPoint, you have to manually force text to go. You have to copy and paste it and force it on the different pages. But if you use Word, then you know, you don't have as much control of the background, but you can um create borders um or a header at the top and a footer at the bottom and um and then you can convert that to a PDF and and mm-hmm. you know 
Yeah. This may be very timely information. Thanks for passing that along, Nancy. You're welcome. And it, it could be, you know, relatively easy. And, you know, clean, a clean, simple design. Like I saw one design, I think Susan Marshall may have done it for you, uh, an earlier ebook. It might have been um, uh, LOA for the Real World, where basically it just, there was like a band of color at the top and a band of color at the bottom, and the rest was just clear text. It was very easy to read. Really? Hmm. Yeah, really, really easy. And it was, it was simple, but it was classy. You know, yeah. that was Jeff Atherton, believe it or not, who did oh, that. Oh, it was Jeff. Yeah. Did Jeff do e-books for you? He did, he did that it's her one. Facebook, it's her Facebook hubby, by the way, you yeah. guys. <laughs> that was her Facebook hubby. Yeah. Yeah, my Facebook page says married, and um, he's the one that, uh, he, yeah, we're Facebook married. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I wonder if he did, um, I think that's the only one he did. I think Susan did Pray Rain Journal. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. He might have done the formatting for that one too, but the rest. Free Range Journal was before I even met you. This one was after I met you. You had you had released the book, and um, it was really well laid out, really well, thanks clean, clean but elegant. And you know, yeah, that's a good vibration for me to be uh, reveling in as I get ready to do this next one because I didn't love the look of. In fact, Nancy, I was just looking to send you some of the covers I got from some of the Fiverr people that I had engaged for graphics on it because some of them really are laugh out loud. But yeah. uh, I can't find them. That's probably good. We don't well, really and, that you know, you got what you pay for. You got $5 worth, right? You I know. couldn't really argue with it after you got it, right? So. <laughs> That's very true. Well, <laughs> and I paid more than that because I thought it doesn't seem right to pay someone just $5 for this. So I, I, you know, threw in some extras and stuff, but still – uh, it was a lot cheaper than going through killer covers, for sure. You know, Although it, at one time, killer covers was selling. I don't know if they still do or not, but killer covers themselves was selling software. And I think they were selling it for like 40 bucks, 39 bucks, something like that. And basically, it's the exact software that all the designers at killer covers use. And it's got a rinky-dink interface, so it's not like a professional interface, but it's basically mm-hmm. the standard like sun rays or glows or different things. And I could see you taking that software and creating uh, creating covers that you like better than necessarily mm. getting through, mm. you know, killer covers. Although, you know, at some point, and this is true in any business, you have to decide what you're good at mm-hmm. and do that. Exactly. And delegate well, I, everything else. For me, it's the, the, the guiding uh, question is, what do I love? Because like, I might be good at something, but it isn't my highest joy. Right. So, I, so what I love doing this is the question that, because like, you know, when they tell business owners, don't ever do something that you can pay someone else to do cheaper. I could pay someone to cheaper to walk my dogs, and I have. And um, you know what? I'll never outsource that again. That was insane advice to follow because I get so much joy from that that it felt like someone else gets paid for my favorite thing in life while I stay here and work. That's insane. So I, even though I understand the business sense it makes, uh, no one will ever – and I also – no one's going to get paid to mow my lawn either because I like doing that too. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you have an electric mode or um, I have a, a push riding? mower? 
you have a push, push mower. mower. Yeah. And yeah. you love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I don't love the because... edging. Russ oh. does the edging, but I love using the mower. I also like the vacuum, too. Oh, okay. So do you like the mower and the vacuum because it's meditative? I think so, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Now that you mention it. Mowing is even and more fun, though. Cause... Dog yeah, walking is meditative. I, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seeing a theme there. Being getting outside to, for the mowing and to be able to do it barefooted. I don't mm-hmm. always do it barefooted, but sometimes I do. Love, love, love that. Yeah, I won't pay anyone to do that again. And okay. maybe I won't pay anyone for my ebook covers again. I may be doing my own from now on. <laughs> well, if it's your highest excitement, I could see. And if it isn't, then you know it's not. But I, I just, yeah, I just threw that out for you to know that you really do have. Tremendous skill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I got a text here from my ex who's trying to pick up meds for my cat and uh, needs me to call him. He said, when are you going to be off the phone? <laughs> call me when you're done. Uh, I probably should uh, get back to him so I don't have to go run this errand to my own self because that is not my highest joy to go to the pick up <laughs> the cat. Well, meds. thank you, Jeanette. Thank you for Super fun conversation. Your... It totally turned my mood around. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. you. <laughs> and happy weekend, everybody. Yeah, happy belated you birthday too, again, Guillaume. Thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bye, everyone. Bye, Larry. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.